it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Wes Moss, and I am here to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. To reach that many folks takes the work of more than just me or one person. And I have a fantastic team behind the Retire Sooner podcast. And I've decided to bring them in to help address some of the questions and topics that you've sent us. You're about to hear from my team members with answers that can hopefully help Americans retire sooner and happier. And I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Welcome to a new episode of the Retire Sooner podcast. Today, we are talking about financial planning. It's a topic that can be almost difficult to wrap your arms around because it covers such a wide array of things like budgeting, investing, tax planning, and even insurance. I don't know if we can cover it all in one show, but to help us get started with this conversation, we've invited Kristen Curcio to come in and talk with us. Kristen is an investment advisor here at Capital Investment Advisors and has been working with the Retire Sooner team and myself since right after the book, You Can Retire Sooner Than You Think, was published back in, gosh, what was that, 2014? Yeah. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mallory. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, listen, I... Um, I like to think that the Lord gives us some little winks occasionally to just let us know that we're on the right track in life. And Kristen has one of my very favorite examples of this. Whenever she first came to our office, um, before even officially starting to work with us, right when we were first, I I guess it was the first time I met you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I distinctly remember you walking in and, you know, like when you can tell somebody's like, just like having like a moment, like you weren't like freaking out, but you were just like, you were just like a little amped up. and it was like, is, is everything okay? <laughs> and I remember you just going, I, I have been to this building before. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. What a crazy world. Uh, just experience. So crazy. So my mom actually used to work in that building before Capital Investment Advisors was there. So pre you know, 25 years earlier, 24 years earlier. And um, I had not been in that building in a really long time. Um, but I had actually also worked in that building during summers through college. And oh, so yeah. it was just so fascinating. And since that time, I had lived in Manhattan for 10 years. I'd lived in San Francisco for eight years. I'd barely been back to Atlanta. And to get a call to come meet y'all at that office that was the same office where my mom worked was just, like you said, Mallory, just totally a godsign. That's Absolutely. so funny. It's yeah. just so funny how that kind of thing works out. And and just to set the picture for everybody here, too, this is like this. Our, it was our last office building, which was was this tiny, what was that, two or three story building mm-hmm. over behind a Kroger. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was a great building, but it was not anything fancy. Like it was not, and there weren't, it wasn't a big building. It's not like there was like a ton of people who were in it. I mean, there was probably, I mean, the Capitol, I think, took up most of it for most of the time. So the fact that your mom actually had worked there for years is so funny. And that you worked there. Yep. So crazy. So crazy. So just a little plug. And this is also just for any of our retirees that are listening who um, 
are thinking about taking up a sport if they don't have one already. But uh, my mom worked for the USTA. She worked there for 17 years, and she ran all the junior programs for Georgia. Oh. Um, she was absolutely amazing at what she did. And I love how it kind of... Um, Again, when retirees talk about what they're going to do once they do retire, um, you know, sports is a really big thing for a lot of people. Obviously, we hear a lot of our men say golf, but there's a ton of tennis players that are out there. Um, Again, plug for tennis is that it actually (laughs) does increase your life expectancy more than any other sport. So I highly encourage people to get out and play. It's social. It's fun. You can play on an Alta team, a USTA team, an intra-club team. But um, it's just it's a great thing to have, a great way to meet new people and, and usually those people are friends for a lifetime. Oh, yeah. I feel like um, I, I know so many people who play tennis. And actually, it's kind of funny. I met my one of my very best friends and she and I like she was my freshman roommate at UGA. Um, but we actually went to tennis camp together in high school and or maybe even starting in middle school. And that's like really when we got close. And so I, I feel like tennis is one of those sports that, where it's just such a connection factor. So I love that. With USTA, what exactly is it that they do? So USTA is a governing body for all tennis that's played either recreationally or competitively in the United States. Okay. So, so do you have to be really good to be a part of it? So you don't have to even play to work for the USTA. Oh, uh, you can okay. just love the game, <laughs> want to promote it. Um, there's so many opportunities, different ways to be involved, but uh, they do have 17 sections throughout the United States. And so every section and then every state has their own, again, governing body through the USTA. Um, but they're the ones that put out the tournament schedules and all of the league play. So both for juniors and adults and seniors and um, everywhere in between. So there's lots of different ways to get involved with it. So if somebody was like looking to figure out where to join a league, is the USTA like a good group to start with? Absolutely. Yep. You can go on the USTA website and you can put in your zip code and see where there are places around to play. Um, if you do live in a country club, most of those have most of those places will have USTA leagues, but any public any public courts also will have them as well. So, or facilities will also have them. So, um, yes, anybody should be able to find them if they go on the website. Amazing. Let me ask you too, you know, pickleball is another sport that I don't know what it is, but I have seen more and more about that sport and I don't totally get it. I don't know exactly what it is. Do you know? It is so fun. (laughs) Why is it so fun? I think I'm a convert from tennis to pickleball. (gasps) I know. And so many people are. Um, First of all, I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit easier. It's uh, like that. (laughs) You don't have to run around the whole court. You only have to run around half the court. And usually you have a doubles partner. So really you about have about a fourth of the half court to really take, take, um, you know, that you need to do stuff with. That's about as much sporting as I can take. Right. Okay. Okay. Super social. Um, you play with a paddle and a wiffle ball, which sounds crazy, but it's a wiffle ball. So you can just smack the ball as hard as you can. It feels so good. And then, uh, and it won't go out. So it's great. But pickleball is totally the rage. Um, and a lot of places where they have tennis courts, they also have put the pickleball lines in so it can double as a tennis court or a pickleball court but again there's lots of pickleball leagues that are getting started and I mean here in Atlanta it's just crazy the growth of this game but people are are crazy over it so it's really fun I love that I've got to check it out you definitely do actually on this note though I I do have all right you know you've got these deep ties to USTA and you know now we're like talking about how popular pickleball is I'm starting to wonder if we need to create like the retire sooner tennis and pickleball league I feel like that would be really 
fine. I think we absolutely need to do that. Listen, if, if any listeners here would like to join, please send us a note at westmoss.com. I'm going to need to like lobby for this. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> send us a note. We'll get it started. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it'd be so fun. I do too. Oh my gosh. Well, all right. Well, listen, on the note of fun... We're going to change gears in in a different kind of way of fun, but we're talking about financial planning today. Yes. So I'm very excited about this topic. It really is such a backbone to having a happy retirement is having a good financial plan in place. Yes, absolutely it is. Um, It is just so important. Um, And it's important to start early. You know, we've got so many people who will come in and say, uh, you know, I started, I think I started too late. I don't know what to do now. And ultimately, you know, there's always a solution to everything. But we always encourage people and anybody who's listening to this, um, you know, the younger that you can start, the better. But then for just everybody having a plan and that plan is your plan today, but also for what you want your plan to look like for the future. So it's really determining how you want your life to look when you do retire and and what retirement looks like to you and making sure that you've got that you've got the the main staples in place to ensure that that can happen. Well, so let me let me take a step back really quick cuz I feel like financial planning just sounds it sounds great, right? You're like, "Oh, yes, I have a financial plan together." But what what does that even mean? Where do you start? Like Abs- what what is a financial plan? Yeah, no, it's super comprehensive. I mean, I think that really it starts first with putting a budget together, making sure that you know how much money you need to be able to live the life that you want to live. That means when you're young, so 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, you want to be able to know um, how much money you are spending so that you can put the plan in place so that you can so that you can plan for later that you'll have that much money to be able to spend on what you on what you need and what you want. All right, let me let me let me ask really quick. As somebody who is not a huge fan of budgeting, because, you know, I I just want to get what I want to get and then I just don't want to worry about it. How, what is what is your favorite approach for budgeting? How do you how do you convince me a non-budgeter to budget? <laughs> Absolutely. It does. Budgeting is a draconian word for a lot of people. They don't like to hear it. They don't want to know that they have to do it. But really, you, you really do. You have to do it. So um, a pretty easy approach to take is what we call TSL. So that's taxes, savings, and life. So basically, you've got three different buckets. When you think about your income comes in. First, you've got about probably, and this might be high for people, might be a little bit lower for other people, but say a median of about 30% is of your paycheck is probably going to go to taxes. Oh, 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 I know. That's and that sounds oh, my so heart. terrible. Ouch. I know. Yeah, people, yeah. And, and some people don't even, you know, they do their taxes, but it doesn't, it, they don't, it, do, it may not seem painful when it's coming out of the t- paycheck, and then they do their taxes and they're like, oh my gosh, that is so much. But, you know, and again, that might be a little bit high for some people, but I would just bake that in. So think 30% for taxes. Um, after that, think about 20% for saving. So we encourage people for the majority of that saving to come out of their pre-tax dollars and go into their 401k. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you do have a 401k, absolutely, it's great to put in as much as you can. Some people can't max it out. That's okay. We just say, try to maybe um, up it by a percentage every year. And hopefully your company has some sort of matching that they do also. And, and you know, you mentioned max- Maxing it out. What are the rules around that with a 401k? 
Sure. So uh, the contribution limits will change for 2021, but you'll be in the nineteen dollars to $20,000 range for that. So that would be maxing it out. That sounds like a huge amount for most people. Um, so like I said, for, if you can't max it out, just start where you can, but have the majority of your savings being there. Having said that, um, I would also encourage people to make sure that they have an emergency fund. So if you need to put some of those funds aside first to have an emergency fund, cash, liquid cash, you can get to it. It's at your bank. It's easy to get to. Ensure that you have that and then go ahead and, and, and work on your 401k. So let me ask you too, you know, you're talking about emergency funds. I um, totally understand the importance of this. As somebody who I had to replace my AC naturally uh, this summer, as soon as it got hot, it went out. And y'all, I've got I've got a roommate right now, which she's one of my very best friends, um, and I love her. But it was it, it's caused a little strife in our friendship, <laughs> and like, oh my gosh, like when the AC went out, she was just like, "This needs to get fixed now." And I was like, "Well, does it? Because we can open the windows." Anyways, all of this to say, it was not fun to pay for, but having that emergency cash fund was really handy. But how much would you suggest that somebody has on hand? We would suggest that somebody has six months worth of expenses that they need mm-hmm. in the bank, totally liquid. So if you're, if you spend, you know, say $5,000 a month, and that's for your, that is for what you absolutely have to pay for. So think your mortgage, your rent, your car, your power, your phone, things that are a necessity. Um, you want to have six months of that in the bank. And that is just for any catastrophic event or the event that you're air conditioning goes out or your heating pump goes out or, you know, you have to replace two tires on your car, whatever that looks like. But that is, um, that's really what we, we suggest for people to go ahead and save. And again, that does not need to be in like any kind of anything fancy, just in the bank, easy to get to at a moment's notice. That makes sense. And it comes back to this budgeting thing that you keep talking about. I guess you have to know how much you spend in order to know how much to save. Exactly. Yes, uh, exactly. And with a 401k, I'm sorry, I'm going to bring it back around to this too. You know, I know 401k is the most popular retirement account for um, for most uh most people in America, but I know there's also like for teachers, you've got, what is that? 403Bs. And yep. then for what, like for government employees, I think there's a slightly different as well. Exactly. So each of those different organizations do have a slightly different um, savings, pre-tax savings plan, whichever one that you have available to you, I would say definitely take advantage of. And they all will, will work the same way for you after retirement. If you roll all of those into an IRA, in the meantime, when you do have any of those plans, they will give you a menu of options that you in which you can pick different funds from to be able to invest in. So, you know, and that's all going to depend on how old you are and um, your risk tolerance and those sort of things. That makes sense. Now, let me ask you, if I, it, for our listeners, we've got a lot of folks who are like nearing that retirement age. Is a 401k still the best option for them to put money into if they're like, let's say like five to 10 years out from retirement? Is that still the best vehicle for them? If they're working, then that will be their main way to save pre-tax money. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. And is it is it all about the pre-tax money? Because you've also got, what is that, Roth 401ks or Roth uh, IRAs? Sure. So um, you can save in a Roth. Uh, if you have kind of maxed out your 401k, then a suggestion might be to go ahead and to, to contribute to your Roth after that. So that will be after tax dollars. The Roth does have income limits on it. So there might be some people who are past the income limit. But if you're under it and you've already maxed out your 401k, then that's definitely an option. That will give you some access later down the road in retirement to some 
to some funds that have already that have already had the taxes paid on them. Oh, that is nice. Which is nice. The 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 beauty of the four hundred one k though ultimately is that you are paying it with pre-tax dollars and then you're getting, in most cases, some amount of sort of what I call free money from the company that you're working for. Oh, that's not bad. And you're deferring paying the taxes on it and it's also taken off your total tax number at the end of the year, so it doesn't count as income. Oh, I like that too. That's a nice thing. Yeah. Are there any income limits with 401ks? There are not. Mm-mm. No, there are not any income. Li- no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. Just just the Roth IRAs. Just the Roth. Worry about. Okay. Exactly. Very interesting. Okay. Well, and let me ask you too. This is um, a little bit more nuanced, I guess. But you know, we have so many retirees who you know they, I'm going to air quotes here retire, but really they continue to work, but maybe like just more in a capacity that they're comfortable with, right? So like maybe they move to be in a more of a consulting role. Would a 401k and like if they still had some savings they could squirrel away make sense for those guys? So probably what they'll do is once they retired from their, I'll air quote again, main job, they'll go ahead and um, they will have the ability at that time to roll those funds into a, into an IRA if they so choose. From an IRA, you have the world of investing to choose from, which is why most people do plan to do that. Oh, okay. Actually, you know, I really want to get into this because this is one of those things that's always confused me. So why is it that oftentimes these 401k plans have such a limited amount of investment options within them. Right. So there's a fund manager and they can only have so many choices for their uh, for their employees to choose from. It really just kind of it narrows the field a lot for people, but it's just the it's really just the way that they're run. That's interesting. Is mm-hmm. it and is it all dependent on like who the main fund manager is? So is it like uh, if you have your 401k through a group like Fidelity or something, then they get to determine what your offerings are within a 401k? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the plan manager will always be the ones to determine the fund offerings. Um, but some of the bigger corporations, they might have two pages worth of funds that you can choose from maybe a smaller a smaller plan might have, you know, just say, you know, eight to 10. So but a lot of them, they'll, they'll, the offerings that they do have will all be um, similar in so far as, you know, it can go from super aggressive down to very, to very little to no risk. So actually, let's let's talk a little bit more about, you know, at, Let's say that our listeners are really good at, you know, they got the budgeting figured out. They've got the savings figured out. They know that they're putting it into their 401k. What, from that perspective of like, you know, like, where do you put that money next? Not not like additional money, but like investing it within that 401k. How do you determine, like, which of these funds that you just sort of outlined, like, which one do you put it into? How do you figure out what your, I guess it's your risk tolerance level? Yeah, but mostly I would say it has to do with your age. So, oh, oh no, now we're getting ageist. Right. <laughs> So in a, you know, if you're in your 20s, obviously, you've got a long term time horizon. So that's a great thing to think about is how long is my time horizon? Well, if you're a 20 year old, you probably have a very long time of investing. So you can be super aggressive. I'd actually say in your 30s and your 40s and even your early 50s, you can probably be as you can probably still be super aggressive. It's really when you get to that, I'd say between 55 and 60 and mm-hmm. retirement is actually kind of creeping up maybe a little bit sooner. It's at that point that you want to be able to scale back on the aggressive scale and go ahead and, and have a tiny bit more of a conservative portfolio at that point, particularly when you're two years out from retiring. You don't want all your money in the equities market and then to have a huge market fallout and then you know you thought that you were retiring with a hundred or a million dollars and all of a sudden you're retiring with eight hundred thousand dollars which could really oh. be very meaning meaningfully impactful to your overall plan later so that's oh. why we really um, 
we we try to encourage people to again dial back on that risk scale. That makes a lot of sense. Well, especially you know, I think about the the retire sooner crowd that we have here listening. I feel like a lot of these folks are probably in a little bit more of that range that you're talking about, where they're gonna even even maybe they're a little bit younger, but they're coming up on retirement. So is at that point they need to be focused on preserving the nest egg. Is what kind of what you would think? Yeah, absolutely. So there's three things that they really want to have happen. So one is obviously people are going to want to see some growth, but really that preservation of capital is so important as you get closer to retirement. Um, The third leg on that is ultimately when they do retire is they want to have an income stream coming in. So that's where, you know, you probably will have even a change to your portfolio at that time after retirement ends so that you can be in more of an incoming investing portfolio that will actually be paying you and helping you pay for the things that you need on a monthly basis and kind of fill the gap between between what you have already coming in. So maybe Social Security. I know a lot of people out there don't have pensions any longer, but some people do. Um, but really the gap of what you've got coming in already and then what you need. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let me bring it back around with the Retire Sooner crowd. A lot of our folks who are listeners are potentially... Hopefully, this, the goal here is that they're retiring maybe before like the traditional age that a 401k offers the ability to withdraw money tax-free, correct? Or without a penalty. Because what, what are the limitations on that? So if somebody wants to start withdrawing from a 401k or an IRA early, so by, and by early, I mean younger than 59 and a half, there is a 10% penalty, to do that. Ouch. And you're paying taxes. Now there are, um, there is a little bit, I don't want to say a way around it, but there is a a specific rule in place that will allow somebody who is 55 to take separation from their company and they can start receiving funds from either their 401k or their IRA, but they have to be on a very specific schedule in order to do that. Um, If they don't do that for five years, the exact same amount of money each year, then they can be really dinged a lot in the tax in, by taxes in the long run. So there is a way to do it. But I would say that for the most part, 59 and a half is kind of a nice place. If you are going to retire early, it is nice so that you don't kind of have to think about the penalties. You don't have to think about staying, staying on the same schedule for five years. It just makes things a little bit easier. That makes a lot of sense. And 59 and a half is still quite young. Let's also be very clear. That is, that's a whole lot of retirement ahead of you right there. It's definitely young. And especially when you think about, um, you think about, you know, Social Security, you can at the youngest, it's 62. So you're going to have a couple of years where that doesn't kick in. And also Medicare doesn't kick in until 65. And so uh, you want to make sure that if you do retire early, that you have enough funds in your plan so that you can make it to 62 without taking the Social Security and, and that you are also incorporating any kind of um, medical insurance premiums that you need to pay until 65 when Medicare hits. So there's a, we call that the gray, the gray zone. So we're not completely having all of our funds coming in and having the things paid for that we need to have paid for yet. Um, And so it's kind of gray. 
Now, um, actually, this leads me to the next part of the financial planning equation, because I know that it's more than just, you know, the finances, right? You've also got the insurance piece of it. Um, and, you know, it's to some degree, I guess, like the taxes and whatnot, too. Can we talk a little bit more? Healthcare is one of those areas where we always get questions. People always want to know, what do I need to do in order to best prepare for healthcare costs in retirement? Is that part of financial planning? How, where, where can we go with this? Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge, it's, I mean, that's a huge part, especially with, uh, with how much people are having to pay, unfortunately, these days for healthcare. Um, but it's definitely, it's a number that needs to be in the equation. If you do retire early, when Medicare hits, it makes things a lot easier. But um, there are few different ways to navigate the systems of healthcare, but if you know somebody that is in this field that can help you with it, that's a professional in the field, I highly suggest that for people because a lot of us would have a really tough time figuring it out on our own, especially with the laws changing and the plans changing and all the different things that are happening right now. Oh my gosh, yes, it's never ending. It is never ending. And then certainly for taxes, that's a huge thing to think about. Um, Taxes that you're paying, that taxes that you're paying now, what you think you'll be paying later, um, taxes that will eventually be taken uh, out of your funds from your IRA when you do take distributions. So, uh, you know, if you have a very intricate tax situation, possibly it might be worth it to have a CPA that you speak to. But, uh, but as part of your overall financial plan, it's extremely important to to have the taxes in check and to make sure that you, that there's not a lot of surprises every year. Wow. All right. Well, there's so much to cover with this. Hang on. Have we missed anything? Is this everything? <laughs> um, I would say another big part of your overall financial planning, and again, this is going back to our Retire Sooner folks that are out there, is estate planning is oh, so important. Yeah. I feel like that's obviously one thing that I always forget. Yeah. I mean, you know, we people have worked so hard for so long, and they've got their nest egg, and it, it is imperative to protect it. And so we highly encourage encourage people to have their wills in place and if there's if there's extreme wealth perhaps even a trust in place and to really have somebody that has put those has put their estate planning plan together for them uh, it is like I said Mallory it's just it's so important and I you know I I speak to some people and they don't have anything in place and maybe not even a will. And usually after our meeting, it's their next stop. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yes, it's important. <laughs> now, hang on. I will ask a few things. All right. So when do you definitely need to have a will? Like, what, I, what, what's that tipping point? What is that like? You know, like I, right now, if I had a will in place, it would be like for my sister to make sure to take care of my cat. Um, and, you know, it's it's pretty, pretty broad. I don't have like a ton. I would say a will is a lot like term insurance. Once you have children or even maybe marriage, you want to have a will. But definitely, I think once children start coming into the picture, you want to have that in place. And it doesn't matter how much or who, how little you have, You want to, it is a good thing to have in place. It's also imperative on any of your investment accounts. So whether it's your 401k or if it's a brokerage account, a Roth account, it doesn't matter what it is. Make sure that you have beneficiaries that are listed on those accounts. It is absolutely critical. Well, and then and let me ask you too, you know, you mentioned like the trust and that's for like a higher net worth. What um, what would you define as like what again, what is that what is that tipping point? When do you need to say like okay, maybe I should put a trust in place? I just think it varies from family to family and a lot of it depends on how they want their money distributed from the grave, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um so it might be that 
all the money is not going to the spouse, but perhaps it's going to be handed down to the kids. So it re- the adult children and maybe the grandchildren. So it's really going to depend on how they want those funds to be distributed versus how much. All right. Well, I feel like that covers so much. But let me let me ask you one more question for people preparing for retirement for this crowd, for this, these group of people who are ready to retire sooner. You know, they might already have a lot of this figured out. But oftentimes, I feel like there's something that we might miss. What what have you normally seen that people tend to maybe they they don't get it taken care of when it comes to a financial plan or maybe they it's not even they didn't do like take care of it maybe they just need to give it a little bit more love and attention what what is that area what where should this crowd maybe like take a step back and make sure to just double check on their financial plan absolutely so I see a lot of people who have, you know, they have done so well and they've amassed what they need for their retirement. What they don't necessarily always understand is how that money is going to work for them in retirement. Oh, yeah, that does seem tricky. Yeah. And really, that's the key. So now you've got you've saved, you've worked for you know 40 years, you've got all, you, you've got your money, you're you're planning to retire, but how is that money going to work for you? And that's really where the where the investment portion of this plan all comes into place, I would say, in, in almost the most significant way, because you want to be able to be drawing from that investment portfolio without drawing down your funds from in a straight line way. And so it's how you're invested. And that's really the most important thing. And that's the biggest question that you know we talk to people about is, I have this money now, now what do I do? And how am I going to use it through retirement? And so I think that that's where we can educate people the best. That makes a lot of sense. It is because it's a totally different... It's- it's a totally different mindset. There's like, you get the gathering that, I, you know, hopefully the people here listening to the Retire Sooner podcast are really good at the saving, getting it set up and getting that piece of the financial plan in place. But yeah, the second part where you're actually getting to use it, I feel like that's just, it's a totally different process. It is. It is definitely a different process. And, you know, some people don't, don't necessarily know the term income investing. Um, it's our wheelhouse. And so, so you know, this is what we do. We're trying to create an income stream for people when they do retire. So when the listeners are sitting down with their financial planners, you know, great question to ask, how, how are these funds going to be used, used during my retirement? I love that. I love that. Well, I'm, I'm going to write down that question and just like hold on to that for the future. That is a good one. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Robert here with a quick answer to a question I heard recently. What is a preferred stock? The easiest way to think about a preferred stock is a hybrid between a bond and a stock. And what I mean by that is if you think about a stock you purchase, it can go up infinity. If you think about a bond you purchase, you hope to get your money back plus some income. A preferred stock is a little different in the sense that it has more upside than a bond, but it also pays you a higher level income than your typical stock you would buy from the S&P 500. 
Well, listen, um, thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed this. Oh, I have too, Mallory. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. As part of the Retire Sooner Network, we know that life is about a lot more than just money. So let me ask you this. What is something that has made you happy recently? Oh, that is such a fantastic question. Let's see. Well, let me just preface, I really do try to look at every day with happiness and gratitude. Good answer. But I can definitely tell you that this year, and this is going to be broad, so maybe not one specific thing, but I am so happy at seeing the world kind of back to normal. Oh, yes. I am happy to see people at football games without masks on. I'm happy to sit in church and sing without a mask on. Um, I'm happy to see people's lips when they're talking again. And just kind of seeing just a lot more happiness in the people that I know. And I think it's because some of what the pandemic left us with has been somewhat lifted. And so I would say that that is my biggest happiness for right now. And that um, particularly going into the holiday season, um, it just makes it all that much better. I love that. I love that. That's a great answer. That's thank a you. great answer. <laughs> well, listen, thank you again for joining us. This has been so fun. I feel like we've learned so much about financial planning. There is so many things to cover with this, but I feel like this really gives us a great starting point to just understanding what the different areas are to look at and making sure that we can cover all these different things. Well, it's been so great to be here. And I hope that if any of our listeners have questions that they'll send them right over to us. Yeah. And listen, if anybody wants to reach out to Kristen Curry, with any questions regarding financial planning, you can reach her at westmoss.com. W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. Just go to the contact page, fill it out, shoot us a little note and let us know you'd like to talk with Kristen. And if you'd like to sign up for the Retire Sooner Pickleball League. Yes, absolutely. We want to see those signups coming in, please. Hey, y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information information.